Hey, this is Dave Pryor. Welcome to Leading Agile Sound Notes. Mike Kottmeyer is here today, and we're going to talk about Elevate Agile. Mike, thank you for taking time out of your morning slash afternoon. Super happy to do it, Dave. How are you doing today, man? I'm excited. I'm excited about the fact that next week is going to be the first Leading Agile con- conference. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of cool, right? It was uh, it was kind of an interesting thing to do. You know the you know we've had the the Scrum group here in Atlanta for a long time, and various Agile groups. And um, Dave Hussman came into town and did you know started up the the Agile Day Atlanta for a while. And yeah, we've kind of had this brewing in the back of our our minds that we wanted to do something that was um, a little bit different in market than the traditional agile stuff, even okay. some of the traditional business agility stuff. And, and yeah, and so uh marketing team came up with the name elevate agile and, and, uh, and we decided to roll with it. And yeah, it's our first one. We're kind of piloting it out, seeing if we can see if we can do a credible job at it. So what makes this conference different than all the other agile conferences that are going on? Yeah. Well, so, so I'll tell you just kind of a funny aside, right? One of the things that that's just different from a procedural perspective is that the content's like really heavily curated. And, you know, I think a lot of times like you get into the big agile conferences, Scrum Alliance, Scrum Gathering stuff, and even like local conferences, we tend to want to crowdsource stuff yeah. and let it be community driven. And, you know, there was um, the, I guess it was the, what was it? The, um, the, it was the SQE or something like that. The ones that were run by Lee Copeland okay. um, for a long time. Um, he always kind of had a story to tell. And one of the things I always liked about when you'd submit a talk to Lee is that he would like call you up and challenge you and go like, okay, like what's your story? How does it fit in? And he would help kind of tailor it to the narrative okay. right, that he was trying to get out in conference and so, or out, out to his conference. And so what we, what we decided to do is we decided to go like with a format that is going to be um, a bunch of like 20 minute, almost like TED style kinds of talks. And so, but those talks are going to like tell a story and they're going to tell a story about um, what is really necessary to do not only agile at scale, but how do you do like all the change management stuff and all the planning to actually make it to make it real. Okay. Right. And so, and so what we're doing is we're doing a series of short talks and then each talk is going to be uh, followed by an experience report. And then the experience reports are going to be followed by table discussion. And so each segment is like five or six segments. Each segment is going to be about an hour, 20 minute talk, 20 minute experience report, 20 minute table talk. And so the leading agile people are going to be anchoring the talks. Okay. Um, our clients are going to be anchoring the experience reports. And so the talks kind of flow talk to talk to talk to talk and then the experience reports support the talk that they they follow yeah and so yeah so what we're, we're hoping to do is to kind of paint a big diverse picture of what it's really like to 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 go in and to implement um agile at scale business agility at scale okay okay yeah. And so you know one of the things that that I want to share with you is I'm you know I'm launching the keynote um, Monday morning. And, and one of the things I wanted to explore was like, like why, why did we want to do this? Because there's already kind of an emerging conversation that's going on. And sometimes it gets called business agility. Sometimes it gets called digital transformation. It gets, it gets called a lot of things. Yeah. But what, what I think the industry is trying to do is they're trying to say, um, all the scrum stuff, all the safe stuff, all the less stuff. Yeah, that, that's all good. But we want to have a conversation over here that's not like 
technology and delivery focused. We want to have a conversation that's that's more business focused. Okay. Okay. And and that's 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 valuable and it's admirable, right? It's something that needs to happen. But but I think what's what's going on at, in practice is that we're doubling down on the messages of agile and using it as kind of a lever to try to get the business people to play. Okay. And what, where I, I think we as an industry, I think we've burned some political capital with business leaders because for so long, agile was, um, was really a grassroots kind of a thing. And it really did focus at the delivery team level. And, and what we're seeing is that even though often we talk a good game about involving business people or involving our product people or, or getting business results, in these large, more complex organizations, the, the line, the connecting of the dots between what the teams are doing and what the enterprise outcomes need to be is really, really blurry. Okay, we haven't explicitly connected those dots for many people. So while we have this kind of nation idea that if we did these agile things, you would get these better business results. But the question is, is like how, like what are all the systematic organizational things we have to overcome over time? Well, can I, can I jump back yeah, a yeah, couple please, minutes? Please. I, I'm yeah, sure. <laughs> to yeah, all these no, questions cool. as you're yeah, going. going like, I know, I'm kind of letting it yeah, spool out. About I got to right? back yeah. up a little bit. All right, so you said we're doubling down on Agile, and that was something I wanted yeah. to ask you to explain a little bit yeah. more. Does that mean that people are saying, well, it's, it's really a scaling issue, so we need safe instead of scrum or something like that, and they're still going after tactical process instead of more well, strategic decision-making? This, decision this making? is what I think. This is what I think, right? When you really look at like what's necessary to really do agile, yeah. right? To really do agile. I mean, there's so many pieces of the organization that have to change. And, you know, so you have like what I've been talking about lately is like structural agility, right? How are we going to form complete cross-functional teams? Um, for us, a lot of times we have to, you, you can't do that around projects or even products. You have to think about like business capabilities at scale, right? So you have to have a pretty solid understanding of the business architecture. You've got to reduce dependencies, right? All themes that we've talked about over time, right? So then think about that in terms of like um, structural agility. And then we have like procedural agility, like how do we intake work? How do we break work down? How do we um, measure? How do we pivot? Um, how do we make changes in the organization? And and often the the methods and the, the governance and things that we do organizationally isn't um, isn't in alignment with what the teams are trying to do. Okay. okay. And then, then you have cultural agility, right? You have the ability to recognize and respond to change. Um, the idea of a fixed mindset versus growth mindset. You've got, you've got different attributes uh, of the organization, leadership agility, um, things like that. Like how, how are we guiding people? How are we empowering people? Like what, how are we creating boundaries? How are we granting autonomy? Things like that. And then, and then, like the last bit that I'm kind of noodling around on is this idea of like transformational agility. It's like, it's like, are we just going to teach everybody how to do scrum, teach everybody how to do safe and then say, okay, you guys go figure it out. Or are we going to, um, incrementally and iteratively 
um, figure out how to introduce agile into the organization so that it, that it's like like literally like the agile transformation is potentially shippable all the time. And so it's so what I think happens is because we know that it's necessary to attend to all those pieces and parts all at the same time, a lot of times when executives say, okay, yeah, sure, fine, go do Agile, you know, we turn around, we teach people Scrum. And so it's so this, this doubling down, it's like I think our community knows that all of these things have to change. Okay. But – but like the reality of it is is we haven't given our leaders in the industry a really clear way to execute and orchestrate that change, and so it's so what happens is because we uh, you know we can't we can't change the structural things like we don't have a really solid metaphor for how to change the structural things and what does that not only look like when you get started but as your month or two or three or a year in versus three years in versus five years in like we don't really have a good roadmap for how to make those structural changes some of the things that like scrum practitioners would like to see um you, you can't you can't do it right out of the gate and and so and so the with that how that manifests itself organizationally is you have the people that are doing scrum that don't have the things that they need and they're demanding the organization give me the things that I need. Okay. And and so that's what I mean by doubling down on scrum, right? And they're and they're not wrong, right? I mean you have to have complete those But those processes like scrum by themselves are not gonna fix and we've talked about this before. They're not gonna fix they're just a way of getting stuff done. But you're talking about taking a look at a number of different aspects of an organization and it almost sounds like agile is going from being um, a thing that we try to do to a state that we want to um, evolve the company into yeah so i talk a lot about like you know you have to create the ecosystem for the methodology to thrive right that's something that i that i do in a lot of my public talks but but the reason why we want to start this conversation really came out of um some pre-sales kind of work that i've been doing over the last couple years and and you know i i talk a lot about like when i was working for version one you know gosh 10 11 years ago the 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 conversation you know agile was in a lot of ways kind of relatively new right the safe stuff haven't hadn't really been rolled out yet and you know the convert like the conversations were a around getting people to be interested and want to support it and, you know, to even give it a try. And then the conversation shifted organizationally to, okay, well, we're willing to try. Now, like, how do we do it at scale? How do we do it in our real companies? Like, how do we do transformation work? How do we do all the stuff? And, but what I noticed over the last year or two was that um, as, as people that were further away from IT got interested in this, they started to view the, you know, the conversation about Scrum or SAFE. They perceived it, even though we, we know this isn't 100% true, they perceived it to be a technical delivery methodology. And so what I was noticing is like I was trying to, I was talking about Agile and Agile at scale and Agile transformation. And, and I kind of thought I was telling a, a big story. Right. And then, but like as soon as you use the word SAFE, They'd be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not talking about safe. That's what the that's what the teams do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And I would I'd be like, fascinating, right? And so, like in my head, so I'm they want like a separate version of Agile just for the rest of the company. Well, well, so so think about like what's happened in practicality is that is that for all intent and purposes, 
given where we're at as an industry, um, it often has been implemented that way. Yeah. Okay. And so we know that a, a properly functioning scrum ecosystem is effectively tied to the business and that the business is feeding the, the requirements, for lack of a better word, to the teams and the teams are building things on regular intervals and providing business value. They go out and sell, right? But just in practicality, that just doesn't work that way all the time. Right. Okay. And so it's not necessarily that the agile conversation is the wrong conversation or that the business agility conversation is the wrong conversation. It's that, and this is where the word elevate comes in, is we have to elevate these concepts and we have to put them back out in market in a way that, that's meaningful. Where people go, oh, okay, um, I know Scrum's part of the story, so I don't immediately dismiss it. Safe could be part of the story, so I don't immediately dismiss it. But like, how does this conversation around Scrum and Safe actually tie into the business outcomes that I want to get? And by the way, like, you know, how, how, how do I get there? Like, how do I actually make this happen? Yeah. Because, because a lot of times I think we can be pretty naive as practitioners and we go, well, if you just do this, then, then everything will work out. Teams will self-organize but, magically. Yeah, it'll all, yeah, it's a you know rainbow <laughs> and apple pie, right? Kind of a thing. And so, but but the reality is is that it's messier and it has to be managed. And there's organizational resistance and there's change management and all these different things. And so, um, you know, so we just had this idea that we need to elevate the the conversation around agile, right? We need to we need to. I don't want to throw it out, right? I don't want to say Scrum's invalid or Safe's invalid because we know they're not. Um, but we have to figure out how to appropriately contextualize these methodologies so that when we have a conversation, we can say, look, there is this broader idea of, of business agility. There's this broader idea of digital transformation. And the, this is what it looks like when that happens, right? Yeah. This is how the organization operates when you achieve these goals. And you know what? Complete cross-functional teams and Scrum is part of it. And there might be some aspects of SAFE that's part Part of it and DevOps is absolutely part of it, and some of the technology enablement that you want to do with your digital transformation, absolutely part of it. And some totally right? unrelated stuff that could be part of it too, right? Because if you're yeah. talking about cultural transformation, cultural agility, sorry, um, yeah, like nothing in Scrum, I don't believe anything in Safe addresses that. Directly. Well, I think Scrum, Scrum addresses a lot of culture stuff. I think Safe addresses a lot of culture stuff. Um, a lot of times, you know, you know, again, right, this is this is a recurring theme with us is that is that it's held up actually even as a first order concern, right? It's a mindset kind of problem. Well, if people would just empower their teams, right, then um, then then life would be good, right? Because teams would make great decisions because yes. they're closest to the open, right? It all sounds great until you go, well, okay, like how do you form a team that can operate this way? That, that's what it, when well, I said it's not addressed. That's what yeah. I meant. They don't explain how. Yeah, you let them self-organize. Well, how do they self-organize, right? They're yeah. in a complex system, right? They're supporting mainframe stuff. They're supporting really complex ecosystems. Um, they're supporting very diverse customer sets, right? Well, you just give them a single product owner and the product owner works it out. And you're like, well, yeah, okay, cool. Like, I get it. But like, okay. And even if I buy into it, it's like, well, how do I get there? Yeah. Right? And so, and so I think we need to be telling a bigger story. And, you know, I don't know if he remembers this, but probably 10 years ago or something, this might even been pre-version one for me. Like I got to spend a little time with Alistair uh, Coburn and Dave Stan up in Charlotte and we're on about doing something. And I, I don't remember the exact nature of the conversation, but, but I was talking with Alistair and he said something to the effect of, and I'm just very loosely paraphrasing him. It's like what we 
like what we coined when we were doing the Agile Manifesto, right? It was it was like a thing, right? Yeah. Um, the thing that we're trying to do now is different. Yep. Right. And 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 what I what I think is kind of interesting is literally what they were. I believe what they were trying to do. And this is my interpretation of it was they were they were trying to coin kind of small team agility. Right. I think safe is something different than that. Yeah. I think some of the things we're talking about from a business agility perspective is different than that. Well, yeah, they solved so, they solved the problem that was right in front of them. But that problem surfaced other problems. Yeah. Yeah. So the constraint moved, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so we understand these things and, and I think our industry understands them, but, but it's like, how do you, you know, it's, it's like, you know, it's like a lot of things, right? It's like you go from like agile being this really cool idea to being this really awesome certification program to being this really kind of interesting business model for consultants to being this interesting kind of methodology for large corporations. And we tend to want to go, you know, from thing to thing, right? It's like, it's like, did we go from agile to DevOps to business agility to digital transformation? It's like, it's like those things are all the same thing. They're different pieces of the same thing, right? Yeah. They're different lenses to which to view the same thing. Yeah. So it's so again, like what what I what I just I just think is interesting about this. And and again, right, this is our first time we've done it. So we'll see if it we'll see if it works, right? It's like a it's a pretty expensive experiment, right? We're doing this really kind of top notch, right? We're running out Coca-Cola Roxy, catered. Right? I think we've got some somewhere three, three hundred and fifty people. Um, showing up for it, right? It's it's actually kind of it's it's kind of cool, right? And we're going to run an experiment. We're going to see if we can if we can put a wrapper around all of these concepts in a way that resonates in market and says Agile's got like a really valid thing to contribute. And like what I don't want to see is I don't want to see like all this great work that's been done for the last twenty years get thrown out. Um, from an industry perspective, because while we were learning it, we did it poorly. And then, you know, we did it poorly long enough that people said, yeah, that doesn't work. And, 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 and it does work, right? But we have to contextualize it. We have to elevate it. We have to put it in its proper container. Yeah, it works, but it's not enough. It's like, and all these different types are just different flavors of ice cream, but you can't just eat ice cream. You need other stuff Yeah, necessary, too. necessary, but not sufficient, right? Yeah. It's so, it's so that's kind of where we're at. Right. And then, you know, kind of around that, some of the things that I was just talking with you about around like structural agility, procedural agility, cultural agility, transformation agility. Um, I think that there's, um, I think there's something there. That's like, that's like a new set of phrases that I've been noodling on for the last couple of weeks. Um, the other thing that we're talking a lot about is, um, we talk about system of delivery versus system of transformation versus system of sustainability as um, being somewhat distinct things. And, and I think in, you know, agile, a lot of times we talk about, we talk about what, what's the system of delivery, right? What's the process? And, and so, and the, the processes around agile are starting to become, you know, they're pretty well understood, right? They're fairly commoditized in market. Um, you know, coaching per se, is not a top dollar activity anymore. And so, so the system of delivery stuff, fairly well understood the system of transformation, right? How do you over time, 
um, get the organization to move in this direction in such a way that it actually achieves its business outcomes. Yeah, that's system of transformation stuff because um, it does not happen overnight. Right for largest of the large organizations, we're talking three, five years, right? Um, maybe, maybe longer in in some places, right? Because it's an incremental and iterative rollout, and you just can't flip a switch, and you got to do it in a very structured and controlled way. And so, system of transformation becomes like a whole nother thing. And then um, the last bit, I'm not sure we we actually have decided this is what we want to call it, but we talk about um, system of sustainability or system of continuous improvement. Because we all know that, you know, organizations, what they tend to want to do is to put it in, lock it down. Get agile and be done. Get agile and never change it. Yeah, Um, it works. Stop fixing it. There's there's almost like a capability that you have to build that, that that continues to put energy into the system and, and adapts the system to change. You know, and so and so I think sometimes, you know, elevating this conversation, it's 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 as much um, it's contextualizing, but it's also letting the market know that we're starting to understand some of the stuff that has to go around it. Yeah. Um, one of the things just really anecdotally over the years that I've done is I've, I've always viewed like architect level people as some of the um, strongest proponents of agile once you get through the the resistance because because, well no seriously right because like what they're what they're hearing like when you get somebody who's like a really hardcore like security engineers tend to fall in this category um architect level technologists tend to fall in this category they they sniff the bullshit out around agile like really quick like yeah "Yeah, you already tell me i've got this complex system i've got all these interdependencies they understand how all the different pieces and parts work and you're telling me i'm just going to put a team on this and do daily stand-ups and backlogs and that's going to like somehow like like deliver this make things happen no way right just not going to happen but when you contextualize it and you say okay cool so you look at your business architecture your technology architecture your organizational architecture alignment break dependencies over time manage it with these constraints initially as you improve the system you you know deprecate constraints you give them more autonomy and this is how it work and they go oh my gosh that makes total sense right because because when you put it in their language they go oh okay like, okay, so so Scrum's a part of it, but it overlays on my architecture this way, kind of a thing. Yeah. And I think some of the some of the conversation we're starting to have now um, on the business side is starting to resonate a little bit more because just like you know, the the high level architect people, the business people, right, they see their constraints too. And, you know, the agilists came along and said, okay, you know, do X, Y, and Z, and it's gonna make everything great. Um, but because of the containers that those practices lived in, didn't always make it great. Yeah. And so saying, okay, cool. So I don't want to throw out the practices, right? They're all good. I don't want to throw out, um, you know, the way we do cross-functional teams. I don't want to throw out scrum masters and product owners or whatever, but this, this, this way of working operates within a broader container and within that broader container, there's these other things that you need to attend to. And most of the time people can go. Okay, I got it. But I do believe that at this stage we've 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 done some damage, and and I think and again well, I don't, we, dam- we damaged because we focused only on on the one aspect. You're talking about the broader container. There's a whole chunk of that container that we well, didn't yeah, look right? at. Well, so there's like a nuance here, right? And so I'm not saying that that was bad. It was probably like even like a necessary part of the evolution of this. Like we had to kind of go figure some of these things out. 
in order to figure out like what was necessary beyond like we talked about this the constraint moved right so we had to figure that out but the problem is is because it's been implemented in this way for so long um kind of team focused kind of small um kind of delivery organization level stuff right you're you're almost getting to the point where like the words are, are too loaded yeah. now you yeah. know you know, like I'll, I'll tell you, this is like this is a totally like a, a bit of a tangent, maybe a rabbit hole. But I think about that even within like leading agile as we've built. So we've built tons of models around um, how to do organizational transformation. And I think about this a lot. The people that were around when we were inventing the models, some of them aren't around now. Because they kind of got in, they were doing it a certain way, everything was kind of good, yeah. we kind of changed it up, and you know, maybe they changed with us, maybe they didn't, right? What we're finding is that as we've evolved, the people that are dropping into our system and the way we work, that it, where it's like it was formed when they got here, they're having an easier transition with it. Oh, right? okay. And so they so can kind of pick it up and run with it then? They can kind of pick it up and run with it because it's more of a thing, right? Okay. So, and so I think, I think there's a little bit of that here, right? It's like, if I got introduced into agile while agile was kind of figuring itself out and I experienced agile as team level scrum or even potentially as poorly implemented safe or, or something else, right? Um, you know, I might have a hard time seeing that, oh, okay, that was correct, but poorly implemented. This is a fully contextualized and properly implemented form of agile. They just dismiss it, right? Okay. And so what we might end up having to do is is change the words somehow, right? Go, okay, this is valid, but we're doing this different thing now. Yeah. And part of this different thing is agile and scrum and safe and all yeah. these different things. That, that's just, I don't think this stuff's going to go away. I think it's, I think it's here. Um, but we need something right? that will help us address the other aspects of an organization like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, but but this idea with the conference of starting a conversation is is um, is I think fairly important because because you know we have this idea based upon the clients that we work with, the people that we interact with, you know, candidly resistance that we get in the sales process, pushback, right? Places where we put an idea out doesn't resonate, resonates like whatever, and so so this 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 need for this higher level conversation is um is is um a hypothesis and so what we're gonna do is we're gonna start the conversation and that's why we did it this way we want you to hear from us we want you to hear from people that are on the ground doing it and then we want to talk about it and then the talking about it's going to be a big part of what because we're going to learn right about about the nature of the conversation that needs to happen. And you're going to be sharing this stuff with the general populace. Like, how's yeah, it going yeah, to get out to the world? So, so okay. So I'm going to. So, so it's all definitely getting video recorded, and it's all definitely going to be online. Oh, great! Um, I believe, and this is where I'm, I'm. I believe it's going to be live stream on Facebook. Oh, while we're cool! Doing it, right? Pressure because for Chris. Good. Yeah, we yeah, I'm telling you, yeah. So <laughs> so we have we have the capability to do that and we do that a lot. Yeah. Um, my belief is that the intent is is to do that. Okay. Yeah. So um yeah, and so so we're gonna put it out there, um, hopefully put it out in real time. Worst case scenario, it'll get recorded and dropped within a couple days. Okay. And then um yeah, and then we'll create a little bit of a community around it and see what um see see where it goes, right? Okay. And let the uh, let the the community kind of like tell us a little bit. I, I think it's a, a fairly well formed hypothesis at this point. 
you know? Now, so can people still get tickets to the event? No, it's actually it's actually sold out, and we uh, we actually we at first, and I, I think we sandbagged a little bit because we said, yeah, we're going to set the limit at 150, right? And but in the back of our mind, we're like, I don't know that for sure we're going to get like 150 people show up for this thing, and then like it was like 150 tickets are like gone instantly. Wow! And then so we started thinking about like max capacity for the room and things like that, and so um, given what we're trying to accomplish, we set the limit at around 310. Or okay. something like that. And so, so I, th- I think there's a waiting list. Yeah, but, there's a, they can um, go to elevateagile.com and yeah, sign up for the wait list if they want. Yeah. Um, at this point, I don't think that I don't think that we're going to release any more tickets. But unless we reconfigure the seating or okay. something like that. you know. So we intentionally want to keep this one a little bit small, a little bit more intimate. Well, it's the first one, too. It's the first one, right? Yeah. So did you hear what we're – have you heard what we're doing next year? This might be totally – Well, hold totally on. News. Before you do that, I want to tell people yeah. when this is happening. Then we can move oh, on. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, tell them October tell them 7th, 2019, yeah, like, like, Atlanta, Georgia right? at the yeah. Coca-Cola – what is this place called? The Coca-Cola? Coca-Cola Roxy. Now, so if you're not from Atlanta, um, which I know you're not, Dave, nope. um, it's kind of cool. So um, so the, the Braves moved their stadium – uh, outside the city into an area, they call it SunTrust Battery Park. I think it's changing its name because SunTrust got it and BB&T merged or something. It's called Be Truest Park or something. Okay. But it's SunTrust Park and, and they call this area around at the battery and it's restaurants and hotels and um, residential and um, I think there's a movie theater back there. Oh, wow. But there's, there's this venue um, called Coca-Cola Roxy and it seats about 4,000 people um, when it's fully configured for like a concert. Okay. And um, we're basically we have the whole venue, but we're um, we're basically taking the floor and setting it up in rounds. Okay. And so I think we fully filled up all the rounds. We could conceivably put like 600 people around tables, but I think that's a little too big. So I think what we're, they're basically doing is they're going to have the seats like 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 half rounds, but like facing facing the stage. Okay. And. Uh, um, and then, so that's going to give us about seating for about, about 300, but like I said, the, the full venue holds, holds about 4,000. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, hopefully it'll be a great success. Well, it is, but so are you going to let me talk about next year? The yeah. Now you can talk about, about next year. Go ahead. Yeah. Yep. Well, so, so next year, as you might know, is leading agile's 10 year anniversary. Yes. Um, we actually became a company on August 1st, um, 2010. And so on August, um, 1st, 2020, we will, we will have our 10 year anniversary. So we're going, we're in our 10th year right now. And so, um, for anybody who, uh, got to experience the collective soul show with us, what was really cool about that is that we had big agile conference conference in town that year. Um, Collective Soul, my favorite band, uh, Leading Agile from Atlanta, Collective Soul from Atlanta. And we kind of made you know, a big deal out of it. And that was like really cool. And you got to play and on stage. So, and I got to play on stage, which, which absolutely was, did not suck. Right? That was actually, um, <laughs> uh, might have been a once in a lifetime, but we'll see. So next year, we've uh, actually hired Zach Brown Band. Cool. And, um, and so Zach Brown band, if anybody isn't familiar, um, like, and I'm not like a huge, huge country guy. Um, Zach Brown's from the Atlanta area and, uh, he does country, but he, and he does some like really kind of hardcore twangy country, but he also does stuff that would be like, you know, I think in the seventies would have been like Leonard Skinner or the Eagles. Um, okay. he does a lot of stuff that's like definitely like in 
Jimmy Buffett kind of thing. He usually covers a bunch of songs. So, but anyway, um, you know, even being a rock and roll guy, Zach Brown's probably like my second favorite band wow. in the whole world. Probably like one of my favorite bands in the whole world. Yeah. Um, just phenomenal, phenomenal in concert. And they're like a big time headliner, right? They're selling out stadiums. And so this was, this was not a totally inexpensive thing um, to embark upon. But next year, what we're going to do is um, I think we're going to extend, don't hold us, we're going to learn a lot um, next week when we do this first one. <laughs> but I think we're going to, I think we're going to extend it to two days and then the evening of the first day have um, Zach Brown. Wow. Concert. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So no, like super, super excited about it. Right. Yeah. And so, so yeah, so next year is kind of interesting. I'm going to turn 50 next year. Yeah. He's going to turn in, get to get to hire Zach Brown. And then, you know, so we don't have this worked out, but, um, but there's a, there's a chance, right? There's an outside chance that I might get up and play a song with him, but we'll have to see. Very cool. He's All a pretty right. solid guitar player, right? So I got some, I got some, you practice. Got some work to do. I, I got to get, get that worked out. <laughs> cool. Soon. Well, this is yeah. great. So I hope it goes yeah. good. Um, yeah, it'll... do you have time for the weird question? Oh, of course. Yeah. I got always got time for you, Dave. All right. I would like to know the last idea that you heard or read about that caught you completely by surprise and changed, transformed the way you think about things, like just flipped your mind to the opposite opinion about something. And okay, I can give so you, I'll so, give you a quick okay, so example you said, if you want. So you said totally surprised. Surprised you. Yeah, I, a quick example. Changed the way I view the world and flipped my opinion. That's like a lot of So things. I did an interview last week with a guy okay. about Agile Project Manager, the role of Agile Project Manager, which to me okay. is the sign that your company doesn't know what the hell it's talking about. <laughs> well, but he, yeah, had, yeah. he was able to make a case, and he's actually done this at the company he's mm-hmm. working at, which is a massive publishing company, mm-hmm. created a role which is an evolution of a Scrum Master and a Project Manager combined. And it made total yeah. sense. I thought it was brilliant. It it took me right down off my soapbox, and I was converted to believing that it is a possible thing. Okay, since since I'm totally unprepared for your question, the best I got for you, and it's, it didn't catch me off guard, but it, it gets into um, it gets into you and I were talking a little bit about this before the call. Is um, as I read, I'm reading. Um, Carol Dweck's book, Mindset. And there's a, there's a bit of irony here because that, that book's been handed to me by, by several people in the Agile community, um, sitting on my, um, you know, my uh, nightstand for, for probably a year and a half or something. Okay. And finally, finally decided um, to go ahead and read it. And, and what that book talks about a lot is the idea of fixed mindsets versus growth mindset. And it wasn't that it was like, it wasn't that it was like new, like for most, most things like, like I I read a lot. Right. So it's like, I have a pretty good idea of like, you know, I I think I have a pretty solid operating model for how the world works. And so this idea of growth mindset versus fixed mindset wasn't earth shattering, but what's cool when you read a book like that is gives you a really, really clarifying lens Okay. The world through. And, and so, you know, we've been doing a ton of like personality science and things like that with our hiring. And, you know, we've, you know, we have behavioral analysis and we have emotional intelligence and intellectual intelligence and, you know, um, this emotional versus logical controlling versus non-controlling color code thing that we, that we do. 
And so we really have this this really rich emerging hypothesis around how people um, how people are going to respond. But what's neat about like this this growth mindset versus fixed mindset is that a fixed mindset, you know, I'm going to you know very very loosely paraphrase here. A fixed mindset basically says, I believe that I can change. And that I'm kind of in love with learning and the process of change, and that if I put energy into things, I can get better. You mean the growth and, mindset? I think you said that. Yeah, was the growth the, mindset says okay. that. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, thank you. The fixed mindset is like the opposite. Basically, says if uh, if um, you know, I kind of am what I am. Yeah. And and when people and don't not, change. This is what was really interesting: is that not only do I not really believe that I can change. When I'm presented with opportunities to change, I actually receive those as negatives because like if if you said to me like, hey, there's this really, you know, I'd love it if you could do this better. Like to a growth mindset person, they would say, um, oh, yeah, that's awesome. That's an awesome challenge. Let me see if I can take that on and let me see if I can do it. Right. Yeah. If I fail, I'll try again. But if you're a if you're a fixed mindset person, you go, oh, crap, I'm not. I'm not perfect, right? And since I'm unable to change, you Why view bother? it as a yeah. You, well, you view it as like an attack. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. It's it, it's super super fascinating. And so you know, like like everything, you know, it's it's very directly applicable in my marriage and my personal life and things like that. But it's also applicable with like when you're dealing with when I'm dealing with employees in my company or people that we might want to hire. Or even when you're engaging an organization in transformation, I mean, think about that, right? If you don't believe, if you're a fixed mindset person, you don't believe that, that you the can change. change. Can happen, yeah. It, well, then what I've got to do is I've got to I've got to deal with that first, and and so the irony in some of this stuff, and and there's absolutely a chicken and the egg problem. Um, there's absolutely a chicken and the egg problem here because. Um, I don't believe in like attacking mindset first per se, um, not in the way that we tend to talk about it, right? Um, we tend to talk about, oh, we need to, you know, agile culture first. We need to get people to be more open, more adaptive, more this, more that. Um, I do believe that we that we have to create ecosystems first. We have to create structures. We have to create governance. We have to change some of the policies and things like that. Yeah. But I do, but I do believe that um, – that I'm starting to believe more that there's a, it, it's like, I think this growth versus fixed mindset is probably the most fundamental mind shift change. Okay. Mindset change. So people can, if you're a growth mindset person, you believe that fixed people can become growth people. Well, well, here's the irony of the situation. And, and I like, I'm listening to the book, right? Because I'm a growth mindset person. So I'm like, yeah, 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 right? Yeah. This is awesome. These fixed mindset people can like screw change. them. They should change. This is awesome. Yeah, they should change, right? And then, and then, and then. But like, if you're a fixed mindset person, like you're probably reading this, going, "Oh man, I, I'd probably like to be a growth mindset person, but I can never. I'll never become I'll never one." Be right? <laughs> and so, like with my wife, my wife's very fixed mindset. And so, we were talking about the book. I got her to read it, and I'm like, "Okay, so here's the deal, right? So, so if you're happy being a fixed mindset person." Be a fixed mindset person, right? Love you no matter what, right? Yeah. But if you'd like to be, and you believe Carol Dweck in her book that you could be, right? You know, you are one through no fault of your own, right? These life experiences, whatever, right? If you could suspend disbelief. And so this is kind of what I'm working on. It's my hypothesis with her. It's like if you could just suspend disbelief long enough yeah. to like play the game, right? But so it's like it's like not trying to attack any other thing other than this one core belief that's like the fundamental limiting belief. You know, and so and so that's what I think is interesting about this is is like 
it's like it's up underneath everything else. It yeah. feels almost like it's like the most atomic because if you don't believe you can change, none of it's going to work. Don't believe it, and it's not worth the effort because it'll never work. Yeah. Then why would you move? Wow. Right? Must That's be dark right? to be in that place. Yeah. Yeah, I think it I think it might be, right? Or it's it's probably light but in a different way, right? I mean, for us growth yeah. mindset that's true. Man, how could, how could you people possibly live like that? <laughs> That's be miserable. What's wrong with but you? There's, there's probably a lot of like really, you know, again, people right? who and, listen and to she, opera. Yeah. She directs that. In the, she directs that in the book. She's <laughs> like, if you know, if 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 you're happy with who you are, and you know, and and it's serving you, then then by all means, like let it serve you. Yeah. But if it's not serving you, right? Change this it. might be why. And um, yeah. So I I just think there's some room. I think there's some room in what we're doing to have some of those conversations early. Okay. You know? Cool. And to get people to suspend disbelief for a bit. And you know, but I works. don't know, right? So so it's it's still it's still kinda new, right? It's still something I'm kinda noodling around on, but that's um but that's uh that's probably been the thing that I've read or been exposed to most recently that is um had the biggest impact. Captured, captured more mind share than anything else cool. today. So yeah. All man. right, man. Well thank you very so much. You gonna, wait, real quick, are you gonna be in town for the I'm for the teaching. Thing? You're teaching. I'm flying, I'm teaching on Tuesday and Wednesday, so I'm flying on Monday. You mean you mean we prioritize for you being like billable and making money rather than coming to this conference? <laughs> yes. Crazy. It's crazy talk. Somebody's got to make money around <laughs> Somebody's here. Somebody's got to make money while we're out yeah. there you know, having all the fun. So. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, good luck well, next week, Mike. Thanks for having me. It was a great talk. Yeah, thanks a lot. appreciate your time. You got it. See ya. <laughs>